Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. Welcome to this episode and this show is surely growing into a special mix of people with such empowering stories and journeys to share. So in this episode, we meet up with the very inspiring Angela Fitzgerald. So Angela is a midwife and she shares her journey of her birth experience 16 years ago into the work that she's doing now. Uh, she recently retired in a professional sense as a midwife and what she's heading into now is birth healing and her calling into this uh, came to fruition when, uh, as you've probably heard in many previous podcasts, there's a definite need to help the many we- women heal their birth journeys. So Angela shares some beautiful insights and words of wisdom here. So enjoy. Okay, Angela, hi, welcome and I'm so honoured that you could um, spare your time to come and join us for this podcast on the Circle of Birth, so very big welcome to you, thank you. I'm very honoured, Ali, thank you so much for inviting me. That's okay, so let's start off and if you'd like to tell us a bit about yourself and the work that you're doing and your family and then we can head into your birth story. Yeah, so I'm a midwife and a doula and a mum and I had an interesting journey through midwifery. I always thought that midwifery was a spiritual profession because that was my experience. I had a home birth nearly 16 years ago. I was very fortunate. My midwife lived across the road and um, it was all very beautiful and sacred and I truly that was my only experience of um, midwifery so I thought that's what midwifery was so I went off and studied midwifery and was a little bit disturbed to discover that um, in this country in Australia when you're trained as a midwife you have to um, train and work in a hospital and you have to experience and see a lot of things that are just so far removed from what I would, what I experienced of the sacred relationship between women, the partnership that is true midwifery. And I basically was able to journey through all that and, and make peace with it all somehow. But at the end of my training, I decided I don't want to work as a midwife in Australia. And so I left the country and went to New Zealand where all women have access to a midwife of choice. So not just any midwife, but a midwife of choice that is their right and they can birth wherever they want, wherever that midwife is happy for them to birth. So at home, a lot of home birth happens in New Zealand and a lot of beautiful birth centres over there as well. And of course, you always have the option of hospital if you want it. I ended up working in New Zealand um, but realised that I hadn't really um, 
I wasn't really able to escape the truth of, of being a midwife, which is that you must be able to hold in one hand the clinical, medical aspects as strongly as the spiritual. And I really felt that my path was more in um, the transmission and alchemy between women that happens at birth than the medicalization of birth. And so I actually had a big experience where I felt that um, my path as a clinical registered midwife was lifted off my soul. It was quite a spiritual experience. I, I wasn't coping well with all the caesareans I had to attend. Um, what year was this, Angela? So this was 2015, last year. And I was going to bed at night just dreading having to get up at five for the the morning shift of caesareans because I was a new graduate midwife. That's what I would be doing. And it just just didn't feel like I was on the right path. Um, and so I made the decision to step out of my job and I had no idea what was going to happen after that. What happened after that was that I just opened up myself to Whole Space for Women and started listening to women's birth stories and working with them, helping them heal from birth. So the last year, that was June when I left my job last year, so I think around October I started doing that and that's what I've been doing is holding space for women to heal from their births, um, helping women prepare for birth helping women make peace with previous abortions and miscarriages. So I feel like I'm now doing the work I'm supposed to be doing. So that was a long answer. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I was only speaking to someone yesterday and they were mentioning um, how student midwives are actually facing a lot of trauma in themselves. Um, yeah. So that's it's, it's sort of interesting heading into that midwifery um, model and like you said it's that connection between um, essentially the 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 spiritualness of a a woman and a feminine and then the clinical model um, which you it's it doesn't seem to they're they're both very polar you know they are and the you know the medical model which most maternity systems are run on is born out of the military Um, hospitals were born out of war Nursing was born out of hospitals and hospital midwifery was born out of nursing in this in this country. So what we see now is a very military approach to birth. And what's missing from midwifery in this country is the true um, essence of woman-to-woman care, which in theory midwives are supposed to be able to do and they, you know, miraculously do a fantastic job under such difficult, um, heavy procedures. You know, a lot of midwives are in a double bind because on the one hand they have to adhere to a lot of policies and procedures and um, lots and lots of them. (laughs) And on the other hand they have this deep, ancient responsibility to women that is beyond all of that, that is older than all of that. And midwifery is way older than medicine. Midwifery and birth have been going on a long time before hospital, you know, before birth went to hospital. So I see that 
um, midwives are, you know, They have to be very courageous to be able to stand in that system and and continue year after year. And unfortunately, what happens is a lot of them become very institutionalised and they have to become like that to keep their job, to keep a roof over their head, to feed their children. But what's missing there is that they can't offer that true care that they'd want to. And so what happens in that military system is at the bottom of the pecking order is student midwives. And student midwives are often... um, you know, bullied, made to feel less than, and young midwives are made to feel like that as well. There's a well-known phrase in midwifery that midwives eat their young. And this is a whole antithesis to what's really required, which is the bonding, the trust, the partnership. And the actual apprenticeship training of midwifery, which is, you know, the ancient preferred method that you go along and you learn by by being there and by experiencing, um, learning through a university program and then a, an internship um, makes you very medicalised. You have to be to survive it. Um, and, yeah, a lot of trauma. Yeah. I think midwives and student midwives are carrying an enormous amount of trauma. It's misunderstood in the community. Women need to understand that midwives are very under-supported, they're underpaid, they work night shift for decades, they're on call. We really need to support our midwives in this country a lot more and we need to understand and have more compassion for how, what they're really dealing with because they truly want to be able to give women, um, you know, more time and more this and more listening and more that and they're not resourced to be able to do it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a very good point there. You're exactly right and it's it's more of... Um yeah, I guess their own fear-based system where they're really detuning from their innate ability to listen and to look at a woman that you, you always hear of older midwives that usually talk of this, how they've just witnessed so many births in a in a sense where they they look at birth as a safe and normal process. So Yeah, I just had a friend, colleague of mine who trained with me just contact me last night saying she was at a home birth and she was so relieved you know to remember that birth can actually be quite simple and straightforward because the last couple of years she's been well, the last year since we've graduated she's had to you know like all midwives have to go out and work somewhere around the country in a hospital and it is very traumatic watching and being a part of all of that and you know, really, birth is as simple as it gets. It requires trust and safety and privacy and respect. And when women have those conditions, they do very well. Exactly right. So did you want to head into your... Now, you, um, your daughter's 16 now, is that right? Yeah, she'll yeah. be 16 in February. Wow. And so you had a birth experience with her. Would you like to share that with the listeners? And then maybe we can get a bit of an understanding of how you headed into the midwifery from, from there. Yeah. I was extremely fortunate in the year 2000 to be part of Byron Bay Pregnancy Support Group, which still exists today. Um, which was run then by midwives. And so my whole, the whole community was a home birth community. You basically went to this group every Thursday morning with all the pregnant women, you know, up to 40 of them. And 
you heard birth stories and you heard midwives talk. I heard midwives talk and my only real thing was to decide who was going to be my midwife. Um, so the culture that I was in in 2000 was home birth was the normal. Uh, everyone did it. Uh, who's your midwife? And so I chose my midwife, the gorgeous Elizabeth Moen, who mother of eight and is still a midwife today. Um, lived across the road from me. Little did I know, but she turned out to live across the road. And, yeah, I was really fortunate. Her, she came to my home for visits. Um, she came to my labour and she caught my baby. It was all very straightforward. <laughs> and the pregnancy went well? You had no issues arise with the pregnancy? I had a gorgeous pregnancy, Um you know, I had no conscious fears of birth, so having set up a home birth, but I was really terrified when it really came to that, you know, moment of head crowning. I was, I just thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to break in two. I could never understand why a woman would choose an elective Caesar, but in that moment could totally understand and was really grateful that I was at home because I thought, wow, if I was in hospital right now, I could be tempted to have all kinds of things. Um, so I felt this gratitude. I also felt this big question of how did my grandmother have six children and why didn't anyone tell me about this? And um, although I had a midwife, I really needed a doula probably as well and sisters and my own uh, imprint for throughout my own life was more of a you know, um, I'm all alone in life thing, I can handle anything. And I didn't quite get the whole transmission and sisterhood thing at that moment. It led me later to become a doula because I I just wasn't aware. Like I, people would say to me, have you got anyone else coming to your birth? And I'd be, oh, why would I need anyone? You know, I've got a midwife. Why would I need anyone else? And I just had no idea that birth is just bigger than <sighs> – it's just bigger than bringing a new life in. It is a it is a huge transformational experience. It is a an altering of states from one way of being in life to another. It is a death process. It is a spiritual journey, and I needed a spiritual person to 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 look into my heart and my soul and speak to me and talk to me about what's really going on right now. I'm terrified. My midwife did get me through that moment, but I think I could have had a lot more softness and love in there. And, and you know, it took me, that was sort of my opening to sisterhood. I, I had lived, you know, I'm a daughter of patriarchy. Like many of us, I was born in 1969 and I was, you know, not somebody, I wasn't breastfed and I just didn't get that transmission of what woman to woman love and care is. So my whole life really, well, since that birth has been about letting women in and women's circles and the feminine, you know, because that's not the culture that I grew up in. So I've had to go out and receive it and, and actually end up being someone who's creating it for others. So... Wow. So, did did you get told much um, about your own birth story? It's really great that you bring this up because um, I've just spent a weekend with the fabulous Nicole Moore from Birth Into Being, and 
recoded my own limbic imprint. So my own birth, um, my mum, 1969, my mum's dropped off to the hospital by my dad on his way to work. She has no support. Um, shave. She's shaved and has an enema because that's standard practice in 1969. She's left alone in a room all day with no food, no water, and she's listening to what she recalls a group of Italian women giving birth next door, moaning very loudly, and she was absolutely terrified. So there's the terror imprint. Um, yeah, and of course, episiotomy, first baby and then she was ecstatic that she had me but she was unsupported she was afraid and then they wheeled me to the nursery and her to postnatal and she was sitting in her bed ecstatic that she'd had this baby and had no baby because in those days babies were lived in the nursery and they were brought to their mother every four hours for a feed so my imprint was I'm all alone in life and my mum's imprint was she couldn't breastfeed me because four-hourly just isn't enough to, you know, satisfy a newborn baby or for a mother's milk supply. We know now that we we need demand feeding. So, and that was, I def- that was quite the norm, wasn't it? Back it was quite the norm. Yeah. And, and we are, you know, women my age who I've met throughout you know, my journey becoming a doula, um, on Nicole Moore's birth into being, recoding this weekend, we're women who were separated from our mothers at birth. We didn't get breastfed. And we went off and became, you know, independent creatures and missed out all of this. So my life has been about finding this soft breast, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> finding this, finding regular food <laughs> and believing in the mother, believing in the mother. And I, you know, I didn't have a good bond with my mother. I didn't have this warm nurturing connection. And when I went into doula school, I realized I was sitting with women who didn't have that connection with their daughters either. And a similar birth story, a similar birthing and baby in the nursery story. So for for much of my life, I felt this disconnect with my mother and it's only now that I'm realising that had nothing to do with us. That was something that, you know, we were both imprinted with the maternity system and how it birthed women back then and and babies. And, and this imprint is multi-generational. You know, it goes down the line unless we clear it. So this weekend I got to create a different birth experience for myself with support and care and slowness and you know it was actually quite an ecstatic experience because I realized ah you know I'm wanted I'm supported and you know my relationship with my mother is is really healing as well like I could feel the the free flow between us that just hasn't been there before that's actually a really interesting point for people to remember too that it can, um, even though the past events have happened, that can still go upwards again from your healing. You can send that back up and heal your mother and your mother's mother and can go go on from there. Yeah. Yeah, so mum didn't get a great, you know, she didn't get an opportunity for home birth. Um but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The healing we do now affects, 
you know, our children, our mothers, and it does go, it goes both ways. Both ways, yeah. So just heading back to your birth, um, did you, did, was your labour long or was it quite a quick labour? Um, I think my labour was about 12 hours all in, all up. <clears throat> and I think it could have been a lot shorter as well because I was so terrified. I think I was sort of floating around. I had a water birth. I was floating around the pool for a while moaning. (laughs) I think if I didn't have the imprint of so much terror, I could have let my pelvis, you know, my whole being uh, relax. I only discovered all that learning later becoming a doula and midwife. I didn't know as a pregnant woman that birth is all about trust and surrender and being relaxed and oxytocin in 2000 I didn't know that so yeah it was a fairly quick birth but I think it could have been quicker if I had those chemicals on board it's very interesting just listening to your journey here and making that link Um, you've mentioned it a few times the sisterhood and it's just going from your birth to becoming a doula and then a midwife and then really understanding where that lack of support is, that women-centred support and the culture around the system and the preservance of that system. And it's Mm. just really good. It brings it right back to sisterhood and the feminine and just acknowledging each other in it because we are all in it together, I suppose, essentially. Yeah, it's incredibly important. Um, We can't look to the system anymore to, I don't think, to protect us or save us or anything. I I think the sisterhood will save us. I think that women do have to take birth back in a very big way and I honour Jane Hardwick Collings for her big work in creating that sisterhood because when women are empowered and they have cleared their own birth and they have sisterhood and they have the right support, birth is as you know is as simple as it gets. We have created. We need to, you know, we've sort of come to a time where we think that as a collective, um, you know, the hospitals where we go to have a baby and it's a safe place. And I can say to you as a midwife, as somebody who's worked in that system, that that is not true, that safety is something that is, you know, has to come forth from within. So we can take it into that environment and women do take it into that environment and have great births. They do. But the field, the territory is you know, if our territory is filled with with good, solid, grounded, earthy uh, women and, you know, doulas, sisterhood, like you say, that is incredibly protective because what I see happens is that a lot of women walk into a minefield. They don't understand because they think going to a hospital is a safe place. They walk in and they don't realise that they're out of territory. When you're in your – and this is what – I guess the ancient indigenous people all talk about connection to land and country. When you're in your territory, uh, Carolyn Hastie has written a book about this. When you're in territory, you feel safe. You're where you're supposed to be. And when you're not, you're in someone else's territory and you're almost a predator in their 
you know, you're, you're almost prey in that territory. So part of my work, I guess, is helping women navigate this walk through what I call a minefield in a hospital because I know where the mines are. And um, a woman shouldn't have to fight off predators in a birth experience, but a lot of the time she's up against a fight because these rules are overlaid upon her birth and they have nothing to do with her. So we can't continue to look at the system as in truth as a place where we're going to bring forth our babies in safety. I don't believe that it's in truth a safe place. What we can do is strengthen ourselves and strengthen the sisterhood and create a territory, a field around us that is protected. And when we have that safety, we will do very well as a, as a collective. You sort of mentioned that, you know, during your journey that you had to sort of sit back and hold your space um, and wait for the outcome to happen as opposed to sort of not not pushing it to happen. Absolutely. So that leads me to what I offer women now and that is me sitting in who I am and inviting women to come in to share their story um, about their birth, their miscarriage, their abortion. And I truly believe that women, um, you know, have all power within them so that the healing they're looking for, the healer, the healer they're looking for is within them. So in this in my work, in this process, I hold that space, believing that completely, I guess much like a midwife knows and believes that a woman can birth, and allow the woman to step into seeing what's really there, what's really underneath that story. Because there's a story we tell and then there's a story we don't want to tell. There's a story we don't want to tell anybody and that's the story I'm interested in. It's underneath all of the story that's on top. So when I hold this space, it gives them time to unravel and get to that in their own way. And, you know, it was really interesting because that interview on Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond with Kate, I spoke to her a few days ago and she said, thank you so much for inviting me to come on radio and speak about my birth because that was the completion of the healing for me. Wow. So for her to speak, you know, to a bigger community and then go back and listen, that completed something for her. And she told me she is now completely healed from that birth experience. So I don't fully understand. I mean, I could never have set that all up myself, right? So I believe in the power of the healer within. I believe in women's ability to heal. And I trust that when a woman comes forward to work with me and and invests in time, money and energy to do that, that she will get what she asks for. And I don't actually truly know how that happens, but it does happen. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just grateful. <laughs> yeah. So you're like you're kind of like the channeler of all this. <laughs> yeah, I'm the listener. Yeah. I'm yeah. the seer. And I, I feed back what I see and hear. And I guess I do have a gift. Something I discovered um, is that I can hear what's underneath. And that's what I'm, you know, like women talk to me with words, but I, I'm hearing what's beneath that. I'm hearing the story underneath and um 
that when that is heard and acknowledged, you know, women just look at me with those those eyes. You know, they look at me like that's how they look at during birth. It's like, you know, okay, is it this? You know, and they look at me like, how do you know? When a woman can get in touch with her truth, this is, you know, she can truly let her soul unfold in the way it wants. And I'm really passionate that we as women are not just here to birth children, that we are here to birth, you know, our essence and our contribution as beings as well as, you know, being mothers and that giving all of our life force and energy to children is not the whole deal for most of us. We want to be able to birth ourselves fully. And that is a process of um, stripping back, much exactly like birth is, of stripping back the layers and getting to, much like you were saying to me before this interview, Ali, about, you know, we get pulled here and there, we get interested in this and that, and you've had to come back and, you know, sit down and get quiet within and go, what is it really that I'm here to do and what is it I'm here to offer? And you found that for yourself and you're offering this to women. So I really honour you mm. in birthing your truth and being part of this. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's just sort of mentioning that it's it's the same too if you, you know, like it's, it's that sort of onion theory, isn't it? Peeling back layer by layer and not in a, in a slow, gentle way because – I suppose it, it is such a journey for us and to to tap into that ability sometimes to find that within is is just so I know for myself it's just it's it's so refreshing to know that you can s- stop all the noise that surrounds us sometimes the noise from our words the the noise from the environment that surrounds us and the the fast fueled pace of information that just comes in constantly that we're surrounded by and to to sit with that core again and to look into it and it ju- it comes from inside of us we can't externalize that we have to get right into there and find that space again and then then begin to um, go forth if that makes sense <laughs> absolutely I get really excited about um, when I make these sort of connections with especially with what you just said then and uh, I find it hard sometimes to to get it out in a clear sentence. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Yeah, we do have the answers within. We do have the healer within. And um, like you said, we have to just get quiet and carve out the time and space, which I guess um, is what I'm doing for women. I'm giving them time and space to step away from the, you know, the, the kitchen sink and the washing and the kids and the job and the partner and, and Facebook and everything else and just actually give some time to listening. And, I, and you're, you're just recently started sort of combining your work with the red tent circles, is that? Yeah, so I... Um, I'm really fortunate to have been invited by Lara Martin, who is one of the <clears throat> interviewers on Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond. She is actually a student midwife right now, and she's also a uh, trained counsellor and doula, mother of two, and she offers birth story healing. So she trained with Pam England through Birthing from Within, 
and she invited me to work with her at Red Tent. So once a month we have a birth story healing circle where women can uh, come along and we work really well together because I work a lot on shaking up the body. I'm a dancer and I sort of open the circle with movement and, and shifting out of energies and Lara comes right in on the birth story and helps women um, identify the moments where they may have lost power or lost voice or lost something, lost that moment of meeting their baby. And we work really on reclaiming one of those moments in each circle. So women get to choose it and she guides that process. So, yeah, I've been really welcomed back into the community. I also teach at Red Tent at the Pregnancy Support Group, uh, a guided prep for for birth, which is a dance where I actually, um, you know, play music and guide women through an actual labour where they're where they're moving. So at some point they're on their hands and knees moving, and another time they're leaning against the wall, but they're having to make choices. And I throw things at them, and they're having to make choices, and they're moving. So we're anchoring in. Um, an experience of realizing that you can't fall asleep during this process, <laughs> you, that you have to stay strong. And I give them a dance for, well, it's not a dance, but it's it's actually like a an embodied prayer for for what to do when you lose, you know, all hope and when you lose all power, that you can actually dig deeper and reconnect and, you know, through through physical movement, actually gain the strength to remember. So it's sort of like they've, you know, in many ways it's sort of like, you know, when you do the power pose, the Wonder Woman, you stand there, it gives you confidence. So it's an extension on all of the somatic uh, work that we know that you change your body, you change your posture, you change um your possibilities and this is really important in birth because I'm sure we've all been there at that moment where we just feel like there's no way through I can't do it comes out of our mouth that's pretty normal for most women and we do have to make choices throughout our labors often and especially if you're birthing in a hospital you absolutely need to have your voice if you don't have a voice you're in trouble so you must be able to speak and it can be very challenging when you're in a deep state of, you know you're in your your reptilian brain birthing away like any other sort of mammal and you have to speak all of a sudden I think that if women are actually more reconnected with that uh, primal power they can give sound and a look and show teeth if required that will clearly transmit a message. Um, what I see is that women have have disconnected from this ability from when they were very little girls because we're born in a culture where we're taught to be nice and good and, um, you know, to not make a fuss and not be too you know, not be aggressive and not be whatever, but... Not show emotion. <laughs> not show emotion, but if you, if any animal was birthing and you came in with, you know, tools and bright lights and new people, I can tell you what that animal will do. It will either run away or it will um, 
you know, if it can, it will run away and hide and it will stop its labour till it feels safe enough and everyone's gone, it can start again. A lot of the traumas we see in the hospitals are not um, to do with women, they're to do with the environment. Yeah, exactly. It's just sort of reminds me of, I can't remember where I read this, it was a while ago, some sort of, you know, 18th century publications of where the traditional birth keepers had male attendance when obstetrics I suppose and that sort of um, system came into place and they would walk into the house and they wrote of you know literally seeing the head get sucked back into the woman (laughs) and the labour ceased. Yeah (laughs) yeah because she needs privacy and she doesn't want anyone watching you know and when we bring in all strangers and bright lights and foreign environments, um, you know, everything's kind of set up to not work. Mm. So this is where, like you say, the sisterhood and the work of Nicole Moore, the work of Jane Hardwick Collings and so many others like them, like yourself, is so important for women now because we have to have this ancient knowledge and connection to reclaim our power to birth you know we birth really well there's nothing wrong with us (laughs) we can all do it what's what where we fall down is that we've you know there's a bit of collective anesthesia with um you know the system and believing the hospital's a safe place and getting in the car and going off is the right thing and that i'm going to be totally safe here and i i really don't think that's true yeah, exactly right. And again, well said. It's it's right time now that we reclaim that. It's there. It'll always be there and it's about time we pulled it back into our beings. Um, and when we have that, you know, nothing can mess with us. I know this to be true, that a woman in her power cannot be messed with. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. The truth, uh, I'm just re. I've, I love your article here too and I'll link to that in the show notes, the elephant in the womb. Okay. And there's one part here. It says, a woman's birth story is a doorway that takes me straight into a woman's soul. Um, And you sort of talk here about the truth, you know, and how it does set us free. And I think if we find that innate truth in us, which we know, that ancient feminine wisdom, then like you said, nothing can mess with us. (laughs) Nothing can mess with us. It's our safety. It is. Thank you so much, Angela, for um, coming on and sharing this beautiful, so many words of wisdom. Um, Mm. I'm sure it will benefit a lot of people just to listen to your voice and just to tune into that and give them some thought about their birth and their experiences and tapping into sisterhood because we are all in this together. So thank you for making space to come here and share your words. Thank you, Ali. I want to thank you for listening and birthing this amazing project, which I can feel is going to go out to so many mums and mums-to-be and dads and all kinds of people all over the world who are up at lo- maybe up at night breastfeeding and thinking about their next birth. I really want to honour the sacred work you're doing, birthing your truth, and I'm very grateful to be here. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you so much. And hello to all those people breastfeeding in the middle. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) We've been where you are. (laughs) 
So uh, one more thing, how can people find you, Angela, and your work? Yes, well, they can look online at www.birthyourtruth.com and they can also just email me, Angela, at birthyourtruth.com. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, come on board. Join my Facebook group is also, what is it? Oh, Birth Your Truth. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you're located um, Mullumbimby Shire. Is that how you Yes. It Currently I'm in Mullumbimby, New South Wales, and I do move back and forth between New Zealand as well. So um, I, I get around, but this is my home nest at the moment. Cool. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Ali. Did you connect with this episode? then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom and birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower. We empower.